Cool. But after the service, because Brian's in South Africa, and we've got a little South African treat for you all. There's some um, little South African chips back there that I've seen Brian eat, so I hope you enjoy those (laughs) after the service. But I'm looking forward to having him back. But actually, in there, he talked about, in the email, he talked about how there's, um, he's just seen the opportunities there in that place to even help, like, the the churches and other churches in that area, but even, like, with the economy there, and just lots of different things in business. He's just like, everywhere he's gone, he's seen ways um, to help and to, and to bless that place. And so he's coming back, like, really full, full of vision. And um, he said that he has been scared, like, plenty of times, but God's been uh, right there with him, leading him every step of the way. But he's missing you all, he said as well. So know that he's wishing that he was here today. I am so disappointed at myself. <laughs> I've got to get over that because I've got to preach. <laughs> Very cool. Anyway, <laughs> you don't care. Eh? Just tell me you don't care. Oh, you don't care. Good. Oh, a relief. <laughs> Funny. Okay. Well, today I want to speak a message about um, a message called A Bold Life. And I'll get Derek to flick my scriptures up and my points as we go this morning. But I believe it's an applicable message considering Byron is currently... Um, stepping out boldly in South Africa. But not only that, I believe, and more than that, I believe that we are in a bold season as a church. God has us in a bold season. We're, we're making some huge strides. We're really um, moving forward quickly. And I just, I feel like as I was praying towards this message, I just feel like prophetically that we're on the verge of something, that we're about to take this thing to a whole another level. And I just, I really strongly felt that as, as I was praying, and me and Brian have been praying along these lines recently. And there is something truly unique about our church, and God's hand is upon us. And it's not necessarily that it hasn't been in the past, but in this season, we really strongly feel God's hand upon us. And um, it's not because we're better um, as a church. It's not because we're smarter. And it's not even because we're all good-looking, despite what Byron says about us being the best-looking church on the shore, or I don't think he takes it wider than that. Um, but despite what he says, it's not about those things at all. But for whatever reason, we have been given stewardship of influence in this city. And if you think back to recent prophetic words that we've had over our church and the influence that we'll have in our city, like it's really profound. There is something special and unique on our church. And, um, and we're going to have influence in this city, but also all around the world. And we've been given prophetic words about how there is a gift of entrepreneurship on this church, on an anointing for business, for new initiatives inside and outside of the church. There's been some big things, some bold things prophesied over Generations Church Auckland. And these things, all, all that we are called to be as a church, it's going to require a bold church and bold faith. And the question is, is are we going to be um, good stewards of that and be bold about pursuing what God has promised? Or are we just going to be content to have what we already have? And I must say that what we already have is fantastic. It's great. We love our church. And what we have here today is awesome. But are we content for that? Or are we going to go after all that God has promised? Because, you know, when prophetic words come, it doesn't mean it's just automatically going to happen. We've got to be bold in our faith and taking a hold of it and declaring it over our church and over our lives. I just want to look at a key verse here this morning, and it's from Proverbs 28, verse 1. And if you've been around in Christian circles for a long time, you'll know this scripture. And it, it says this, The wicked flee, though no one pursues. So the wicked are a little bit weak. <laughs> they pursue even though, or they um, run even though no one's after them. 
but the righteous, they're as bold as a lion. And I was thinking about the lion, and a lion has a real unique kind of confidence. He is the king of the beasts, and when he is hungry, he has confidence. He knows who he is. He knows the strength that he has within himself. And a lion is not afraid of any other animal. He, if he is hungry, he'll go after almost anything. Um, a lion is also very daring. A lion will go right into an inhibited community if necessary. And it doesn't worry him at all if he thinks he can get his food that way. He's not concerned. A lion has that confidence, that boldness. And I think we need to be a little bit bolder as believers. We need to be hungrier. We need to be daring. We need to be fearless. And we need to be going behind the enemy's line to take what is ours and being bold about it. Because Jesus Christ, as I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, that message of sitting down, we have been given all the authority. Jesus Christ has done it all. He's won it all for us. He's, he's um, already got the victory for us. So we need to be a lot bolder as believers. So I want to kind of progress to this today. So what Byron and I, what we need from you as the pastors of this great church and what um, we need from you is to be bold. What we need from ourselves as well is to be bold. We've got to keep stepping out in boldness and you need that from us as well. But we need from you for you to be stepping out in boldness, to live a bold life. And I believe that we need to be bold in about four areas. There's actually, I listed them. There was a whole lot more areas, but we're going to look at four um, in a moment and we'll get to that soon. But I just wanted to share first that Byron has often um, called me a, a late adopter. I've been known as a late adopter, although I am growing in this area. And um, a late adopter is someone who is slow to start using a new product or technology or idea. You take a little while to catch up. How many other late adopters in the room? Like, you take a little while to come around, yeah? <laughs> so um, uh, I was a late adopter when it came to using a Mac computer. I was sold out to PCs, and Brian and Janelle turned way before me, and it took me ages. Um, when it came to joining Facebook, things like that, it just took me a long time. I just, I don't know, I'm a late adopter. <laughs> I can't explain it any other way, and there's in so many things. Byron, on the other hand, like, he's into something even before anyone else has heard about it. It's like, I don't know how he hears about this stuff, but he does, and he's in there. And so he's always called me a late adopter, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> Um, but sometimes I can be like that too, which I know is a danger of mine. I can be like that when it comes to believing for big things. So I've been on a really steep learning curve in recent times, in recent years, but especially this year. And I feel like God has been stretching my faith every which way possible. Like sometimes I, haven't, I felt like I couldn't, be stre- I couldn't be stretched anymore. I'm like, okay, God, that's enough. And um. And I don't want to be a late adopter when it comes to the things of God or, or knowing the season that I'm in or in being bold. And so I've been really working on this. I don't want to be playing catch up all the time of, okay, God, what season do you have me in? What season is the church in? I want to be one step ahead. I want to be right there with God, knowing where we're headed, knowing what he wants for my life, knowing the season. Um, you know, this year, Byron, he started out by telling me that he felt strongly that he needed to go to South Africa. And I knew that this is something that he'd had on his heart since he was about the age of um, 13 when he first gave his heart to the Lord. God spoke to him and said, you're going to minister, you're going to preach. But more specifically, he knew at one point he was going to go back to his home country and he was going to preach the gospel. And he's always kind of held that. And then over time, I remember like through our dating years, and even when we first got married, he he didn't really talk about it. Um, He actually often said, I never want to go back to South Africa. (laughs) So I could push that. (laughs) 
um, call of God out of his life and out of his mind. Um, but, you know, it didn't go away. And so it's like this year, God really brought it back to the fore of, you know, going back to South Africa, starting a work there, starting some kind of ministry and stepping out. And, um, and then it continued when he told me that he felt God um, tell him to believe for 100,000 to come in for our vision offering in March. And I was just like, what? <laughs> so it continued then. And, you know, you know the story where we got 143,000 given. You know, God was so faithful. But then it escalated recently when he told me that um, God had given him the faith to believe for a debt-free church building. Like, seriously, Byron's faith, like what he is believing for, it's huge. It's really big. And so God has been stretching me, like, in so many ways, challenging my mindset, challenging my thinking, not just to go by the world's ways or go by what we know from the past or how we've lived in the past, but really be stretching out, pushing out. And so you can see what I'm dealing with, church. I'm dealing with Byron. Like, he's even a bit more scary than God. God, like, tells me some bold things, but Byron, man. Sometimes I'm like, what if it's just him? What if it's not God? <laughs> I'm being honest here, okay? <laughs> but I know it is. But see what I mean? God's taking me on a journey here. And I'm not sharing the half of some of the stuff he's told me. If I told you, it would freak you out a little bit. You'd be out this door. <laughs> um, but God has been stretching me every which way, and, and the stretch does really hurt. <laughs> and um, But God has also been showing me that a bold life, don't feel sorry for me. Please don't. I don't need that. I need you to like go, just get on with it, Hannah. Just do it. <laughs> but God has been showing me that um, bold faith or living a bold life is not just for bold personality types. Byron's a bold personality type, but it's not just for them. I can't excuse that and say, well, I can live a safe, comfortable life because I'm a little bit more quieter. But no, God's been showing me that even as a quieter personality, I need to be living a bold life as a Christian and believing boldly. And I can't live off my husband's faith, off anyone else's faith. I need to be reading the season. I need to be knowing the season that I'm in in my life and the church is in and even reading like even the seasons with people around my life as well and in my life and so I can bless them um, effectively. And I think a bold life, when I really think about it, I think a bold life consists of strong convictions. So we need to have strong convictions about what we believe. Um, It consists of hearing from God because you can't really live boldly or or do bold things for God if you're not hearing from him on what it is that he wants you to be bold in. And it consists of strong faith and a strong passion to extend God's kingdom. And I can do all of that with God's help. Thank goodness for that. And I had, I had faith. I have to say, like, it's not like I, I don't have faith. I definitely have faith. But whether my faith was always bold and always on the edge, I'm not sure about that. So some of the stuff that God's been speaking about to me this year is he's been really stretching my faith. And, you know, I talk about Byron, but it's, it's God stretching my faith and God pushing me forward into a new place. And, um, you know, some of the stuff that God has started speaking to me about in terms of some new initiatives that he wants me to initiate, um, it's a little scary, and it's really out of my comfort zone. But um, I've been, because of these things, the things that God has been speaking to me, I've been really deliberate about growing my convictions in these areas and really knowing what I believe, what I'm going for, what I believe about that thing. And I've been leaning into God more and, and hearing from God more in terms of what areas of my life I need to be bolder in and developing a stronger faith and a passion to see these things come to pass. So I want to speak a little bit more about this today. And as I think about it, there are many bold Christians, um, especially bold Christian leaders around the world um, living at the moment, doing all kinds of things. I follow a lot of them on um, Twitter 
um, different preachers, um, Christian leaders, women, men, all around the world that are, are leading churches, leading ministries, that are doing things for God, that are living bold lives, that are stretching out all the time. And I'm reading their books, I'm listening to their podcasts, and I'm really eager to be inspired and challenged to live a bold life. And I know Byron does this as well, and it's so, so important that we're, we've got a bigger worldview, that we don't just get stuck in what we're doing, but we've got to be listening and, and, and watching what other people are doing and seeing what other bold believers are doing out there because it inspires us, it challenges us. You know, there have also been many bold people go before us that have knocked down barriers to God that humans have set up. You know, men, men and women in the early church, they endured hardship to get the message of the love of God to everyone. Hundreds of years ago, there were Christian martyrs who gave their very lives in an effort to translate the Bible into English, giving us access to it today. So they broke down that barrier. And many years ago, the church, they made the bold statement that they would no longer maintain official barriers to women's participation. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so women can now participate in the church. Thank the Lord for that. And there was this lady, um, Mary Little, who was bold enough to be the first woman elder in a particular congregation, confronting some of the barriers that remained for women at that time. So there have been many, many people there. It's only a few illustrations, but many people that have gone before us, that have done bold things, that have broken down barriers so that we could have the access and the freedom that we do today. And I believe that there's actually still barriers in place all over the globe in different ways currently. And we need bold believers, bold Christians that are ready to stand up and to pull down some of those barriers. So like those that have gone before, we must also continue to be bold in our lives and pull down those barriers, not just for our lives and for our immediate family, but for our generation, for this generation, but also the generations to come. So they can look back and they can say, Generations Church Auckland and those bold believers in that church, what they did for me so that I could have access to this today, so I could have freedom in my life today is because of what they did back then. Wouldn't that be awesome? And, you know, we've got to be continuing to be like that as Christians. We can't just mosey on through life like it's about us. It's not about us. It's about the future generations to come. And it's about this generation too, the youth and the young ones that are coming through, about being bold so that they see that example so they see that example as well, so they'll continue to be bold as they continue in their life as well. And I believe that, that God, that he'll use our lives whether we like it or not. I tell you that today, whether you're sitting here, you're like, oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do that, what she's talking about. I'm not going to live a bold life. <laughs> the thing is that God will use your life whether you like it or not. He'll use, he uses our deliberate efforts for his purpose. So when we're deliberate about stuff we do for him, he uses that. But then he also uses our screw-ups as well, or when we just don't care. God can use that. He can turn it around for his good, because God's God. He's Almighty God. He, he's got his plan. He's got his purpose. He's going to do it regardless. But I think when we live bold lives, we give God more to work with. He can do so much more. I want to be one of those believers that God's looking at and saying, I can use her. She is a bold believer. I want to use her. I want to give her this dream. I want to give her this vision. I want to give her the strategy. I want to give her even the resource to make that happen. I want to be one of those Christians that God says, yep, I'm going to bless her life. I'm going to enable her to do what I want her to do. And I believe, too, that when we have bold faith, it shows God off at his absolute best in our lives. This year, I can say some of the things that Brian and I are stepping out in, it is showing off God in our lives as Jehovah Jireh, our provider. It's showing God off at his absolute best. It's showing God's character in our lives. It's showing his integrity. It's showing it off to the world. 
showing it off to other people. It's just showing who God really is. And it shows God at his absolute best when we have bold faith. So I want to encourage you towards bold living today. Um, I just want to quickly, Derek's going to chuck it up there, look at the definition of bold. And I was reading this, and I'm like, this does sound like Byron. It's forward to meet danger, um, venturesome, daring, not timorous or shrinking from risk, brave, courageous. This is definitely Byron. Oversteps usual bounds or conventional rules. (laughs) Exhibiting spirit and contempt of danger, planned with courage and vigorous. And I also, I'll put up on the next screen, is boldness isn't cockiness or pride. But boldness is conviction with courage. So I'm not talking about you being cocky today and saying, oh, yeah, I've got it all together and I'm, you know, that kind of confidence. I'm talking about conviction with courage, that kind of confidence, that kind of boldness today. So we need to be just, we'll move on. We need to be bold in these four areas today. We need, um, as pastors of this church, Brian and I, we need to be bold in these areas, but we also need you to be bold in these four areas today. Number one is we need you to be bold, we need to be bold with our identity. And I think this ties in really well with what I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, about sitting down in our authority, about knowing who we are. Because when we do that, when we know who we are and the authority that we've been given, a real peace and a confidence comes around our life. And so it's so important that we know who we are in Christ. You know, Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us, with confidence, boldly draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus Christ, as I said a couple of weeks ago, he has done it all. He's made a way for us to go boldly, to go straight to God with confidence, boldly straight to him. And we've got to know who we are. The thing about life is that there are influences in our life that tell us who we are and make us what we are. And these things often shape our um, personal identity. And the influence, maybe it's corporate. Maybe the company you work for dismisses you, and it leaves you then feeling like a failure. So failure then becomes a part of your personal identity. It kind of sticks to you. And the truth is, is that we're actually none of the things that our friends or our employers or our upbringings have made us. Me today, I'm not the sum total of all the things that have tried to stamp themselves upon me, simply because Jesus Christ has disarmed them all. That I'm not going to let those things stick to me. My past, whatever else, whatever people say about me, I'm not going to let those things stick to me. I know who I am in Christ. I'm confident I am bold in that today. I am that child of God whose identity is known to God and guaranteed by God. So nothing will ever be able to deflect me from who I am before God. And it helps me to know that. Nothing is ever, from God's point of view, nothing is ever going to change his mind about me. He's given me all authority. I've got to step out in confidence and boldness in that. Jessica um, Cornelius, she's the pastor's wife that I follow from the States. Sounds funny, like I follow her like I'm a stalker, but I follow her on Twitter. When I say I follow, I mean on Twitter. And she says this. I love Twitter because you get great quotes and pillars. And she says, great things happen when people believe that something inside of them is superior to circumstance. So great things happen when people believe that something inside of them is superior to circumstance. There's something inside of you today that is superior to circumstance. And we need to be, Brian and I speak about this a lot, we need to be living by condition, by, sorry, by decision, not by condition, not by the things that are happening 
all around us in our life. We can't be living by all of that stuff. We've got to know who we are, have our convictions straight and strong, and be really bold and confident about that, and then step out in that. So don't make your decisions based on what is going on around you, but know who you are in Christ. Know that he has done it all. So what happens out there around me is not going to determine who I am. I'm not going to let that become my identity or stamp itself on me because I'm going to be bold about who I am in Christ and I'm going to stay seated with Christ. Amen? Cool. Number two, the second area we need to be bold is bold without believing. And the book of James um, has been my most favorite book of the Bible since I was about the age of 13. And um, often if I'm, like, if I get to a point, I'm like, okay, Lord, where do I read? I don't, I don't really know where to go this morning. I always turn back up in the book of James. I always find something there. God always speaks to me there. And I was back there just recently, and I was looking at um, James 1 verse 6, and then I, I continue to look it up in the Message Bible, and it says this. It says, ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. You know, Brian's spoken before about how the second thought, that's doubt. You know, God can speak to us and he can give us a picture or something to hold on to for our life. And we are bold and we're about to step out on that. But then that second thought can come in. Doubt can come in. And if we let it that linger and let that hold, then it can really destroy us or, or kind of hold us back from stepping out with God. So we can't let that second thought step in. But we need to ask boldly, believingly, with it, without a second thought. Stephen Furtick is a, a pastor that we, we love to follow, once again, <laughs> from the States. He's from an area called Charlotte in the United States. He runs a church called Elevation Church. Now, he is a very creative pastor. He's very young. He's leading a great church of thousands and thousands of people. It's, I think, the third fastest growing church in America, not been going that long. But they have baptism services where the baptism pools are just lined up for miles. And, and just seeing all the people baptized is incredible. They do some really crazy out there stuff as a church, and we feel really inspired by them. But anyway, he says this, if you're not daring to believe God for the impossible, you're sleeping through some of the best parts of your Christian life. And I actually put that in the church email I sent out this week. If you're not daring to believe God for the impossible, you're sleeping through some of the best parts of your Christian life. And I must say, this year, with all the bold faith going on in and around me, I've been the most awake and the most alive in my faith that I've ever been. It really does keep you on the edge. Of it. It's an exciting way to live. I don't want to live a bland Christian walk. Why would I want to? When God has made a way, it's, you know, he's gone before us. He's created a way. We have the freedom to move in it, and I encourage you with that today. Just in this moment, and Janelle's got Taylor on his shoulder, but I just... I've picked Janelle, and Janelle lives with us, and we get to talk quite frequently. And there's many, many people I talk to in our, in our church that I know God has been stretching your faith in recent times. And, and I believe that it's something that's on our church. There is a, a bold faith on this church, and that's why I'm bringing this message today. I don't just pick a random message and say, what can I preach? But I actually feel as a prophetic word, but it's also on our church. It's not just on Byron, it's on us as a church to live with bold faith. And so Janelle's been talking about how God's been like challenging her in her um, faith this year. So I wanted to invite her forward to come and share just for a moment so you're not just hearing from me. So let's welcome Janelle. She comes. Wow, isn't she good? That's my sister. I'm like so proud, so proud to live in her shadows. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, she's pretty amazing, though. 
Um, yeah, Hannah has asked me to share and just, um, you know, some of the things that God's stretching in my heart. And even as I sit in this message, I know that there's still a lot more stretching to do and to go through. But I think that, um, you know, I also live with Byron. And um, that's another challenge is the people that are around you and um, they're the ones that are going to kind of push you and stretch you to step out of what you've already, like, you know, kind of been conditioned to. And I feel like the longer you're a Christian, you kind of start to, like, things tend to not have that same... Um, appeal anymore. They don't kind of have the same effect on you anymore. But one area, you know, I prayed really um, hard at the beginning of this year that I wouldn't just be um, self-focused this year, that, that I'd be thinking about other people and um, those around me and, um, you know, reaching out to people around me. And I think, yeah, it's just been such a crazy, crazy time. But um, I've been working in my workplace now for eight years. And a lot of those people have been the same people that I've worked with for the, the entire time. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd talk to them about God and um, about church, a lot about church, not Bible bash them, but talk about more about what we do here on Sundays and things like that. And um, some of them are interested and wanted to kind of know a little bit more. But, you know, when I'd invite them to things, they'd never come. And it used to get quite discouraging. So, you know, I really prayed and prayed a lot for them and never really saw, you know, much happen at that particular time. But I shared this at um, a Wednesday night prayer meeting recently that just in about two or three weeks ago, one of my workmates, um, he, I, I came into the, the centre and he said to me, um, do you still go to church? I'm like, yeah, totally. It's not like, it wasn't just a fad, you know, I'm still there. <laughs> um, and he said, well, I want to come. And I'm like, really? Seriously? Like, I was shocked. I was a bit blown away. I almost fell over. And he said, yeah, can I come? I want to come this Sunday. I'm going through some stuff at the moment and I just want to, you know, I know I need to get things sorted out. And I'm just like, what? I've been praying for you like maybe three, four, five years back. And I asked you then and you said no. And now he's wanting to come. But like, I'm like, okay, God, let's just go with this. And I was really skeptical. If there's anyone, um, you know, the biggest skeptic, that's me. And Byron tells me crazy things like my salary is going to double this year. I'm just so skeptical. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Or he tells us, you know, the church is going to raise $100,000 in the vision offering. I'm just like, uh, I think you're going to look like a fool. But <laughs> he did it, you know, it happened. But anyway, he's coming to church and um, I'm just like, okay, let's see what God does. And Byron says to me that Sunday, he's going to get saved. And I said, I, I don't think so. But... <laughs> I, like, I totally did not think so. I've invited people before that sat with me. You've prayed your little heart out during the older call. They've never, ever put their hand up. So you're just like, okay, I just won't have any expectations. I'll just see what happens. You know, he'll come. Maybe this will be it, and he won't come back. Anyway, we're sitting in church, and he just, uh, you probably saw him. He's a short Asian guy. And he says to me, um, I feel different. I feel like, you know, this is really cold. I don't know what's going on. I just feel different. So I'm like, okay, let's see. And um, he, he sat through the message. It was all about sin. And anyway, God did something special in his life. And during the altar call, when Byron was, you know, sharing at the end about, you know, um, wanting to make a change in your life, wanting to get rid of, um, you know, that slavery, that stuff that's holding you back, I just had my eyes closed and I was just, you know, praying my little heart out, but still inside me really feeling like, you know, I didn't have the faith to believe that he could actually give his heart to the Lord. Anyway, he sticked up his hand, like, really, really subtly, but... I wasn't even sure that he did, and, you know, he gave his heart to the Lord, and then since then, he's been telling me that God's made some awesome things happen in his circumstances and in his life, and he's, he's texting me and saying, you know, thanks to God, and it's just crazy to, to imagine that that could happen. I didn't invite him. 
I didn't believe that he'd get saved, but God took care of all of that. You know, I didn't even need to have the faith, and um, he took care of it. So I think, yeah, it's just trusting in God and knowing that, you know, even if we, we doubt that we can still, you know, he'll still do amazing things in us. And then the following week, um, another friend from work says, I'm coming to church too, and I'm like, oh, what's happening? Like, like seriously, what's in the water? And so she turns up, and I'm just thinking, okay, I've got 18 more staff that I could possibly bring. Um, <laughs> Because Byron says we're going to grow the church over 500 and that I have to help. So I'm like, okay, well, 20 and then see how, see how we can go with that. But, yeah, she recommitted her heart to the Lord that Sunday as well. God's done some big things in her life. Um, she's been a Christian but, you know, had gone of, kind of gone away a little bit. And so, um, yeah, she made a, a recommitment last Sunday. Then I've got some other friends here with me today, and they don't know it yet, but they're going to get saved this morning. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I just think, you know, it just makes me think, like, if you have non-Christian friends and non-Christian family, and you just think they're so far from God, you know, these people, was particularly this guy, he was too, and I just think, you know, God's done something amazing in his life, and he's not here today, but he'll be back next week, and yeah, I'm just trusting that God will continue, you know, trusting in the integrity of the work that God has begun in their lives, so. How many um, find Janelle's honesty really refreshing? This one, <laughs> I love that about Janelle. It's really cool because I think a lot of us have been there. We've been skeptical at times. I know you have. I know I have. <laughs> Janelle's just honest to admit it. <laughs> I love it. But it's cool. And she's, you know, God's been stretching her faith this year. And I wanted to get her up to share because it's, so it's not all just me. Anyway, we need to move on really quickly. I, I'm just going to skip over a bit here. But before I um, move on too far, I just want to say that, you know, when we do step out in faith and have bold faith, it does always require or involve a risk. And some people want a guarantee of success before they obey God. And, and once they, or God has guaranteed it, then they'll do it. Um, but Brian, he'd still be waiting. He'd still be here in New Zealand, which would be nice for me. But um, he'd still be waiting if he was... Um, waiting for God to guarantee that it would be successful. You know, God gave him a word, so he needed to trust that. That's enough. That's enough to step out on. And so believe me, he went nervous, excited, and he's told me that in quite a few texts um, since then because it was a risk. There were no guarantees, but faith always requires a risk. And Eddie um, Rickenbacker, he said this, courage is doing what you're afraid to do. There can be no courage unless you're scared. It's okay to be scared. And um, it's okay to step out when you are scared. And I just wanted to um, just insert at this point that Brian and I went through a big season in our life after we had felt like we'd stepped out boldly and done things for God, um, but then then got disappointed because we didn't quite see the results or we didn't see the success in our lives. And sometimes we can, because of disappointment or past disappointment, we can then um, hold back on being bold in our lives and hold back on even inviting someone because of disappointment or stretching out in faith, doing what God's asking you to do. But I encourage you today to not let that disappoint you. You know, some of the things that Brian and I prayed for many, many years ago and did not see at that point and got really disappointed in, we're seeing come to pass in our lives today. And I don't know why God does what he does and about his timing and stuff, but his time, what I do know is that his timing is always perfect. Perfect, and God is so so faithful. And I encourage you to not st- um, stop stepping out in bold faith because of disappointment. But I also want to say that there were times that Brian and I felt like we were stepping out in faith. We were calling it faith, and it was probably just something we were striving for and trying to make happen ourselves. So you do have to know for 
for God to really move and to be with you, you have to know and be hearing from God that it's actually what you, he wants you to do. As Christians, we can sometimes call it faith, even though God hasn't really told us that's what we're to go for. And so I encourage you to really hear from God, know the season that God has you in, and then step out in that. And God is always faithful. He always is. Okay, number three, we need to be bold with our invitations. And what I mean with this is that there are people that you and I have thought about inviting to church, but we still haven't done it. So it's time to ramp up our boldness. And if we don't, it won't matter how good the music is, how anointed praise and worship is, how good the morning tea is, even though it's really good. If we don't invite, we'll no longer be on mission as a church. And we might as well pack up and go home. So we need you and we need ourselves to be bold inviters, not only for the benefit of the person that you're inviting, but to stretch your faith like it has for Janelle as well and, um, and to grow your faith. And Brian has preached before about how we need to be investing and inviting. So we need to be investing into people on the sports field or other mums or people in our workplace. And then when we feel it's appropriate and we feel like it's the right time, then we're to stretch out in boldness and to invite them and then to bring them as well. And then we'll take responsibility for starting the conversation with them in this environment in terms of their relationship with God. If you feel bold to do that on your own, then good, awesome, go for it. But if you don't feel confident about that, then be bold to invite them. Bring them into this place. And I promise you they will be saved. So there is an anointing on our church for this, and especially in this season. Byron's got a gift of, he's an evangelist. You know, he is so passionate about seeing people lost, um, people that are lost and brought into relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I encourage you, bring them. They will be saved. There's an anointing on this house for that. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Okay, the last point, number four, is we need to be bold with our prayers. We need you to pray some bold prayers, church. We need you to pray bold prayers with us. Ephesians 3.12 from the New Living Translation says this, because of Christ and our faith in him, We can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. We can go straight on in. There's no barriers. We can go straight on into the presence of God, and we can ask boldly and confidently for what it is that we want. And if you don't already have some bold things to believe and ask God for, then ask him to to speak some bold things to you, to give you some bold dreams. And if you still don't get that, then just write on the, the church's bold dreams and the bold vision that we have. You're more than welcome to. And I promise you that, You know, once God gives you bold dreams, your prayers will not be weak. I promise you, your prayer life will come alive. And there will be some of the boldest prayers that you've ever prayed in your life will come out. I can tell you this year, some of the boldest um, prayers I've ever prayed have been this year. And then when you're done um, praying boldly for yourself and for your family and for your life, then pray some bold prayers for that person that you could never imagine walking through the church doors because it's possible that no one else is praying for that person. And then, you know, just an example, something else you can be praying for is, you know, God is doing something really unique amongst our youth and young adults in our church at at the moment. And, you know, we've got a real solid group of youth that have been meeting on a Friday night in Browns Bay at the Leisure Centre. And and God's doing something really profound there. And um, about a month ago, they were meeting in our house, and I heard them praying downstairs. They were praying for 500 youth on the shore to come to know Jesus Christ. They are passionate about Jesus. They want to see other young people their age come to Christ. It's a smaller group at the moment, but it is growing. Every single one of them, they have a conviction on this, and they have a heart to move. And so I, I encourage you, I ask you to pray bold prayers for our teenagers. Janelle, she launched on 
Thursday night, a young adults group that will meet fortnightly for, for people in her age group and younger and I. And it's just awesome. God is just bringing those ones in in that age group. I think she started with, I think, how many did you have out the first night? Seven or so. And, and it's just going to grow from there. But God, you know, his hand is upon this in our church at this time. And so I don't just want you just to pray for their tests and their exams, even though that's important. But pray some bold prayers for their future. Pray for this generation because they really do need it. We need to pray that God will raise up the next generation of leaders, of political or business leaders, that they won't leave church after high school, but they will stay in the house of God, that they'll be secure. So pray some bold prayers for our young people for this next generation. I encourage you as well. And, um, and keep praying bold prayers for yourself, but please pray bold prayers for the church. Pray bold prayers for our government. Pray bold prayers in every single area of your life. And just as we finish, just quickly, Derek can chuck it up there. There's some benefits of living a bold life. It generates enthusiasm in your life and in the people around you, I promise you. You can see it even with Brian. How many, with Brian going to South Africa and some of the stuff he does, how many of, um, for you has it generated enthusiasm in your life and it's got you excited? I received emails this week. I know some of you are excited. You're just not willing to put up your hand. That's okay. <laughs> Number two, it stimulates prayer, which we talked about. Number three is it motivates sacrifice. And that is a benefit, I tell you, it is. A benefit because great things come from that. Number four, it brings unity, and you can see it in the body of Christ in our church at the moment. It brings people together as you step out boldly to do bold things. And then number five, which is the best of all, is that it produces fruit. It always does. Bold faith always produces fruit. Amen. So there's only one kind of Christian that is really going to affect the world and and pull down those barriers in our generation and future generations, and that is a bold believer. That is a bold Christian. And you have that boldness already inside of you, whether you realize it or not or are using it or not. You have that boldness inside of you today. And I encourage you to rise up as bold as a lion and use it for the glory of God. Find that boldness, that strength, that confidence within you. Um, seek God, hear from him, hear from God for the season in your life, and then step out boldly in that. Amen. I just want everyone across this room just to close your eyes. And I, I just wanted to, as, as we finish this meeting before I pray for all of us in general. I just, I wanted to speak to those in the house of God today that you feel like you need a little bit of a life change, basically. You don't feel like your life's heading in, in the right direction. And there's a scripture from Romans 2, verse 4 from the Message Bible, and it says this, God is kind, but he is not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and he leads us into radical life change. God is kind but he's not soft. God takes us by the hand and he leads us, leads us into radical life change. I believe that God's wanting to lead some people here in this house today into radical life change. And you're saying, Lord, I'm desperate for that. My life needs it today. God, there's some areas in my life. Lord, it's really hard. And God, I need you again in my life. If that's you today, just across this room, I want you in the presence of God. The anointing of God is here in this place today. And I want you, if that's you, if, you, if you're seeking God and you're saying, Lord, I need radical life change in my life. I want you to take me firmly by the hand and lead me into that place today. And I'd love to encourage you just in this moment and just to think about it and think about your relationship with Christ. Think about where you're at. Maybe you don't have relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you never have. But maybe today you have had relationship with him, but you're not, you don't have an up-to-date relationship with Jesus Christ. And what I mean by up-to-date is maybe it's not current, new, Maybe it's not extending up to the, this present point. 
if your relationship with Jesus Christ is not extending up to this present point, if you don't feel like you've got a current up-to-date relationship with Jesus Christ, like if he was to, to come today that you'd be ready for him, or if you were to die today that you would be ready to stand before him, now I want to encourage you today to get your life right with Christ. God is here. He's so faithful. God never judges. God only ever comes before us and he offers us love. And he's extending his hand to you today. So I just ask you, if there's anyone in this room today that you know your relationship with Jesus Christ is not up to date, it's not in the right place, you know that you need radical life change, I just encourage you just to lift your hand in this moment. Is there anyone here today that you'd like to? Thank you. I see that hand. Is there any other bold people in this place today? You know you need Jesus Christ. You know you need his hand in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Are there any other people? God, he is a God of love. God is so kind. But he's not, he's not content just to leave you where you're at today. He wants to help you forward. He wants to move you forward. But what he requires of you today is faith and some boldness to lift your hand and say, yes, Lord, I, I need you. Is there anyone else in this house today that wants to respond to Jesus Christ? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus Christ. If you just join with me to pray for these two lovely people. God, I just thank you, Lord God, for those that were bold enough to put up their hands today to say, Lord, that they need you. God, that they need some change in their life. And God, I pray, I thank you, Lord God, that you are a God of love. Lord, that you are a kind God. Lord, that you're extending your hand today. Lord, you're reaching out, Lord, to bring them into radical life change. God, you're pulling them forward. You're bringing them forward with you. And God, I pray in this moment, Lord, as they confess even out of their mouth, as they believe in you, as they choose to live for you, God, I thank you, Lord God, that radical life change is going to come from it. God, I thank you that you have saved them from whatever pit that they've been in. And God, you have pulled them out and you've brought them into a place of freedom today. God, they have full access to you in Jesus Christ now because they've chosen to believe in you and confess you as Lord. So God, I just thank you for their lives. God, I pray, bless their lives. Lord, I pray for a real freedom to come around it. God, I pray against the sin that they've been struggling with, the things that they have been finding themselves deep in. And God, I pray, Lord God, that as they have in this moment, and have made this really bold, important decision. God, that you'll give them the strength and the confidence that they need to live this decision out this week, not just this week, but every single day of their life. God, I thank you, Lord God, that there's two more people in this place today, Lord, that have confessed, are confessing you as Lord and are choosing to believe in you. And because of that, Lord God, we celebrate and we thank you, Lord God, for their salvation. We thank you, Lord God, that the enemy no longer has a hold of them. But Lord Jesus, you have your hand upon their life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray for this church. Lord, I thank you for this message today. Lord, I pray that we will be bold believers. Lord, bold as lions. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that there's about to be a roar come from this church. Lord, these are bold people in this place today. God, I know that they're already doing bold things. I hear their testimonies. I hear what they're doing in their lives. But God, I pray for an increased measure of it. Lord, an increased measure of boldness and of confidence to step out and to do what you've called us to do. God, we thank you for a bold leader, even in Byron, as he's stepping out at the moment and South Africa. God, we could continue to pray for safety and protection over his life. But God, I pray that it's not even as he's done the two meetings already. It's not like it's over. God, I believe there's more to come. Lord, you've got more for him even in his last remaining days there. So God, I pray, Lord, lead him, direct him, that he'll be hearing from you. God, in our lives, Lord, that we'll be able to hear and know the season that you have us in. God, that we won't hold back when we hear your prompting, when we feel you leading us in a certain way, that, Lord, we won't hold back and be skeptical about it. But God, 
I pray that you give us the bold faith to be able to step out and do what it is that you want us to do, not just for our lives, but God, we want to break down barriers for this generation and for generations to come. Lord, Lord, I thank you that you have placed me in a bold church. Lord, I'm so thankful for that, that I'm a part of a church that is moving forward, Lord, that your hand is upon us. So Lord, bless these people today as they go from this place. Lord, I pray bold confidence, a bold faith over their lives in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. Cohen. Thank you, you, Lord. I just want to say, and we 